Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the McCarty Ministries podcast. Glad to have you with us. Don't forget, you can go wherever you listen to podcasts to rate and review us, and we'd encourage you to do that. If you do, we appreciate it because those reviews help us to reach more people. In this episode, we'll continue our look at how we can position ourselves to be chosen of God. And we'll also discover how that position can help us in serving our local church and its mission. If you want to not only be called, but chosen, you need to learn some lessons from those who've gone before you. There are a ton of examples of people in the Bible who had a calling and then took the next step of positioning themselves to be chosen. You too can be chosen to do extraordinary things for God on many levels, including in your local church. And in our last episode, we looked at Mary and we saw how her taking ownership of God's plan positioned her for greatness. In this episode, we're not going to look at a single person, but an entire group of people. We're going to look at the group of people who were in the upper room in the book of Acts. We'll see how their being unified caused something to suddenly happen. Our key verse for this episode is Acts 2 and 1. It says this, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And our main points for this episode are, number one, unity creates suddenlies, and number two, to resist division at all costs. Over the last few episodes, we've taken a specific character from the Bible and observed something about them that we could adopt for ourselves. We've shown you how ordinary people have been able to do extraordinary things for God, not only because God called them, but because God was able to choose them. We've also shown you that while many are called, few are chosen. You can see that in Matthew 22, 14. Finally, we've discovered that you, yes, you, are called of God to do something of eternal significance too. Whether you accomplish that thing or things is totally up to you. You have to position yourself to be chosen, and that positioning happens when you make the necessary adjustments in your life. Some of those adjustments might include what we've talked about, such as learning how to walk in forgiveness like Joseph did, or adopting a heart of conviction like David did, or by taking ownership of another's vision like Mary did. These are just some of the things we've looked at over the past few episodes. In this episode, as I mentioned, we're not going to follow one single character, but rather a group of people. And this takes us to the book of Acts, chapter 2, where the early Christian church began. So let's set up the story. Jesus had been crucified. The disciples and others who followed Jesus were distraught. Their leader and mentor was gone. In fact, there was division among Jesus' disciples that remained, and many of them had even denied Jesus. Remember how Peter denied even knowing Jesus and cursed people for accusing him of such a thing? And so what happened is all of these disciples really went into hiding. But we also know this, and this is the good news, that Jesus rose again on the third day. The stone had been rolled away and the tomb was empty. And in the 24th chapter of Luke, the resurrected Jesus appears to his disciples. We see Jesus' disciples hiding behind a locked door, as John's account recalls. And so in Luke 24, 49, Jesus, who appears to his disciples, says this to them, quote, And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes, 
and fills you with power from heaven, end quote. So this takes us to Acts chapter 2. Jesus has risen from the dead and instructed his disciples to remain in Jerusalem until they receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. In other words, we could look at it this way. The leader of the people has a plan, and he's communicated that plan, and he's expecting his followers to walk it out. So, in Acts chapter 2, we read our key scripture for this episode. Acts 2.1, and I'm going to read the King James Version, says this, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. So, let's dissect the verse for just a second. First, it says at the beginning of the verse that it was the day of Pentecost. In other words, the day in question was a Jewish holiday. Pentecost was also known as the Feast of Weeks, and it represented 50 days or seven weeks after the Jewish holiday Passover. Second, it says at the end of the verse that they were in one place. So the believers happened to be all in the same room together, and we know this today as the upper room. But for the sake of our discussion, we don't want to focus on the beginning or the end of this verse. Rather, we want to zero in on the middle where it says they were all with one accord or all in one accord. And I purposefully use the King James translation of this verse because it uses this phrase one accord. Some other translations use terms like together in one place or all together or all in one place. However, the use of one accord is significant because of its meaning by definition and its meaning to the lesson we're going to learn in this episode. The Greek word that the King James translation turned into accord is a word that means unanimously. In other words, the believers weren't just in the same room. They weren't just all together physically. They were together spiritually and emotionally as well. They were focused on the same thing. They had the same mission. Really, they were following the same vision. And they were working towards the same goal. That goal was to seek the Lord and receive the promise that he had given them regarding the gift of the Holy Spirit. We could say it this way. The believers were in unity. And this is the lesson we can learn from this group of men and women who were together in one place on the day of Pentecost. The word unanimously is often used in today's culture in reference to a jury or maybe an election. When there is unanimous consent, everybody agrees. If something isn't unanimous, we would look at that as division. It could be a difference of opinion, or it could just be a disagreement. So let's look at it this way. We can be in the same room, but still not on the same page. And this brings us to our first of two main points. Unity creates suddenlies. Now, I know that suddenlies is not a real word, but just stay with me for a moment. We see that the believers were in one accord or they were in unity in their mission. It was that unity that created a suddenly. Because if we continue reading on to the next verse, it says in Acts 2.2, Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. If we continue to read on, we'll find that eventually the believers in the upper room received the gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus had promised. And after receiving that gift, the disciples went out preaching, teaching, and healing in the name of Jesus, just as they had been commanded to do. But notice they didn't go into all the world until they followed Jesus' command of waiting in Jerusalem until they received the promise. 
I believe this, that had they not been in unity, they would have continued waiting and pressing on for that promise until they got in unity. Don't believe me? Check this verse out. It comes from Psalm 133. It's verses 1 through 3. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like precious oil upon the head running down the beard. The beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. So there's a lot of stuff in there about oil and beards and garments. I really want you to draw this, that the psalmist says that unity is pleasant and that God commands his blessing wherever unity is present. Isn't that awesome? So in other words, if there were some believers in the upper room that said, this is crazy, what are we waiting for? Jesus isn't even here anymore. It's not going to happen. It's taking too long. There's a very good chance that the suddenly would have never happened. So let's tie it to being chosen. If you want to move from simply being called to being chosen, learn how to get into unity with others. Whether you're unifying with your teammates and the game plan the coach has laid out, or you're hooking up with your spouse on how to handle a financial situation, unity is where God commands his blessing. Unity will create a suddenly in your life, and it will position you to be chosen by God. When you demonstrate that you can walk in unity with others, your church leadership will tap you to help with the vision and plan that God has given them. And it's the same at work, in your family, in your community, wherever you are part of a group. The life lesson that we are seeing here really goes all the way back to when we were kids. Think about your report card for a moment and one of the areas that you were probably graded on. Remember anything about playing nice with others? Unity is the key and it has been ever since we were children. So now let's take a look at our second point and it's this, resist division at all costs. If we're to pursue and maintain unity, then we should probably avoid the opposite of unity as well. And the opposite of unity would be division. And it's a dangerous thing. Let's first dissect this word division. Die means twofold or double. And then, of course, vision is pretty obvious. So division is actually two visions or more than one vision. It's pretty hard to unify behind a vision when there are multiple ones to choose from. Remember that it's the leader's job to get the vision and then communicate it. It's our job, yours and my job, to get behind that vision and support it. You and I have got to do everything we can to resist division. Jesus talked about unity and division, and he mentioned something that is often quoted as something Abraham Lincoln once said. Jesus, however, said it first. Mark 3.25 says this, if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Whether it's failing to get on the same page as your spouse or disagreeing with leadership, life is going to present many opportunities for division. Let's be clear, not being on the same page or having a disagreement is not a sin. However, a bitter heart or a prideful attitude is. And you must ensure that if you're divided, you get before the Lord in prayer about it and ask for his help in getting unified as quickly as possible. If a disagreement's not left unresolved, it can lead 
to a bitter or prideful attitude. And history shows us what can happen from there. Scripture shows that one of Jesus' own disciples got out of unity and quickly slid into a position of division. Judas ended up betraying Jesus, and contrary to popular belief, it wasn't just because he was going to be paid 30 pieces of silver. Judas betrayed Jesus because he wasn't in unity with Jesus' plan, which was ultimately God's plan. You see, Judas believed in a violent overthrow of the Roman Empire. He wanted Jesus to lead a physical rebellion against the Romans. However, that was not God's plan. The plan wasn't for Jesus to free God's people from their Roman oppressors through violence. The plan was for Jesus to free all people from the oppressor of sin and death. Aren't you glad that was the plan? I sure am. Because Judas failed to maintain unity and resist division, his heart grew cold and bitter, and he betrayed Jesus. Let's learn a lesson from the believers in the upper room and from Judas. Let's pursue unity wherever God has placed us. Let's get behind the vision God has given our pastors. Let's pray for and support our boss at work. Let's maintain unity in our homes. If and when we do, we will see a suddenly take place in our lives, and we will be in a position to be chosen by God. So let's review. Our key verse for this episode is Acts 2.1. It says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And our two main points are, number one, unity creates suddenlies. And number two, resist division at all costs. In the next episode, we will continue our discussion on how we can position ourselves to be chosen. We'll look at the life of Esther to see how she was able to save an entire race of people simply by accepting God's timing. We want to remind you folks that you can follow our ministry on Twitter and Instagram, and you can like us on Facebook. Just search for McCarty Ministry. And we'd appreciate if you do. The more folks that follow us, the larger audience we have, and the more people we can reach for Jesus. We want to thank you again for listening to us. Make sure that you don't miss a single episode of this podcast by subscribing to it wherever you watch or listen. And if this podcast has blessed you, the best thing that you could do is share it with others. We ask you to do that on social media. And don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and you can just go to McCartyMinistries.com. If you want to know more about our ministry, who we are, what we're up to, you can visit our website. And until next time, let's keep reaching the world for Jesus.